How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Decoding Reality, a decoding TV podcast covering the latest and greatest in reality television. I'm Justin. And I'm Deja. On today's final episode, well, not the final episode of Decoding Reality, but on today's episode, we will be discussing the Bachelor Season 27 finale, and this was a doozy. Uh, I have so many good titles for this episode. Deja, what title did you pick for this one? Bad Things Must Come to an End. Okay, okay. Yeah. I like it. I can dig yeah. it. Okay. How about you? I have two really good ones. Oh. Right? All right, here's one. After the Love is Gone. A song reference in there. Dramatic, you know? Okay, and here's the other one. Here's the other one. It's, this one's for the TV lovers out there. Pick Me, Choose Me, Love Me. <laughs> deep cuts deep cuts deep cut and oh my gosh it was all about picking choosing loving who and what that means to me and gabby but we'll get to that when we get to that because oh my gosh you can find more episodes of this very podcast that you're listening to right now at decodingreality.tv and please email us your thoughts about the entire season, this finale, anything at decodingtv at gmail.com. And you can find us on TikTok at tiktok.com slash at decodingreality. On today's episode, we'll start by giving our initial thoughts of this mega-sized episode. Then we'll do an entire recap of the episode. And then we'll wrap it up with, I guess, predictions for the next Bachelorette season. So, Deja. It is the finale of The Bachelor season 27. What did you think? You know, it's so rare for a reality TV show to make it so that everybody loses. But I really didn't feel didn't feel good about that. I don't feel like the audience won. I don't feel like they won. It was um you know, you can't look away from a train wreck sometimes. How'd you feel? It was, yeah, you're right. It was like a very hollow victory. You know what I mean? Like, 
you know, if you look back at our predictions in this entire podcast, I've been saying it's Gabby and Katie, Gabby and Katie, Gabby and Katie. But, oh, I, I hate being right, but I was wrong. If you look back, I did say, I think Gabby would win. And Katie would become the Bachelorette or something or other. And I said that because, you know what? Zach is, you know, he may be bland. He may be, you know, doesn't really have anything going on. He's not. He may not be spectacular, but he wouldn't be that down low to, I, I keep saying this, but make an imaginary rule for himself then break it, then use the consequences of that rule-breaking to reinforce another relationship with another woman, at the very least, he would support that woman that he did that to, right? I was wrong. I was deeply wrong. I was so, I was so wrong. I was saying, like, the sky was red at some point because, oh my gosh, it was, it was probably one of the most brutal episodes of this show I have seen in a long time because I think I think this is where like the I guess the format of the show and really the I guess weight of this show has such negative consequences. Did, do you know what I mean, Deja? No, absolutely. I think um as we get into the recap and get into particularly Ariel and Gabby, it just feels like like who do who do we talk to about this like who is going to take responsibility for the fact that like people are really being affected and for what like what what came out of this that that would make it worth it like you said it was a really hollow victory like we came to this end and in some sense it's what we thought we would see with the the women that we thought we'd see but zach managed to muddle everything in his no drama um avoid any you know bickering avoid any arguments but like you just you avoided anything landing on you you didn't really do anything for these women lots to say about gabby we'll get into it lots to say indeed so let's get into the recap for the final episode of season 27 the finale and it starts off with a little bit of a recap about going to the episode about Zach's time here. And you're thinking, oh, it can't be that bad. It can't be that bad. But it picks off right on last week's episode. Or not, I think two weeks up or two weeks ago. And Ariel gets the very first hot seat out of the gate. She sits down in a beautiful white dress. You know, it was almost like revenge dress a little bit. And tells everyone. That Ariel had zero idea about the drama involving the fantasy suite. No one told her. No one called her. No one informed her. She found out that Gabby slept with Zach after he made the no sex rule and everything. And then he told Katie. But no one. And Zach did not tell Ariel about this. Ariel says she hasn't introduced anybody to her family in three years. So the, even though this is a show, this was real for her. And she says he wished she would have waited for to have no sex convo privately because she was also planning on not having sex. But Zach throwing that out there in front of the cameras removed all agency in that situation. And she found out on television that Zach didn't follow that rule. And I am already heated 
Deja, what did you think about this like very quick hot seat interview with Ariel? One of the only things that made what happened in the last episode somewhat less terrible was thinking, okay, hopefully he told Ariel and it was just off camera. Because if you're going to go ahead and you're going to make that whole big deal about it and disclose it, to exclude one party, just because like it's done and you don't have to think about it, it's so deliberate. You know, he can't act as though he didn't have an opportunity to, to talk to her because we've said this in so many seasons. If The Bachelor wants to talk to somebody, he will. If he wants time with somebody, he will get it. He was knocking on Gabby's door the next morning. Like, anything he wants, he can get. So if he wanted to tell Ariel and to actually be honest, like he said, if it was hurting him to have this secret, then he would have told her too. It's just, it brings Ariel forward and it's just kind of like, but he does not want her at all under any circumstances. And he doesn't care for her because either you didn't feel that guilty or you did. And you didn't care if it was her. I think my main problem is that we know that Zach has bended the rules, I guess, or the format of this show. He has sent people home after a mild disagreement, like with Jess or the countless women who brought up a little bit of discomfort around him. And then he immediately sends them home. So... My question is, we know at this point, I think it's safe to say that Ariel was never an option for Zach. After seeing what happened, never an option, number one. Number two, she wasn't an option. Why bring her all the way to Thailand to say that you won't sleep with her? And more importantly, not give her the respect to at least tell her when the plan changed. Like I said before, no problem with Zach not having sex. That's perfectly reasonable. But why drag her all the way out, and especially drag her out to the podium to do that to her? When Zach is okay with breaking the format, you know what I mean? Like, we've seen it before. What I'm guessing, like, why did Ariel need to go through that? What do you think, Deja? I feel like, really, I'm kind of sticking with the prediction I had last episode. You know, he was purely just physically attracted to her. And they have, like, you know, a fine rapport and, like, friendship. They seem to honestly get along pretty well. But it wasn't until he said out loud and took sex off the table that he probably realized, oh, there really isn't that much there. Um, And it might not have been something he stuck to. But the second that wasn't an option, Ariel wasn't either. And the way that she was treated from the moment that was done just proves it. Ariel writes. That's all I can say. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you're right. I mean, and this brings up to Zach meeting Ariel on the hot seat. And Ariel says something that I haven't heard yet on the show, that this is an open relationship. Like, this format and this show, we're all dating one person. This is an open relationship. And Zach had plenty of time to tell her about the sex thing and all this stuff. And Zach agrees that he should have told Ariel, but he had too much on his mind. And he ends up apologizing. Ariel says that, uh, Ariel says that the rule backfired. And now, because you took sex all, all off the table... 
Now it's all about sex. The entire week was about sex when it didn't need to be. And I'm just, I want to, I have a scenario that could have played out. Is it possible that the producers wouldn't let Zach talk to Ariel? Or is it, is it entirely on Zach's shoulders? Because it's like he's with the crew. He he probably doesn't know where she's staying or anything. I, I want to throw a small bone just in case that maybe like the production schedule just didn't have time to tell Ariel. You know what I mean? What did you think? You know what? I think that's so kind of you. I'm not throwing them a bone. Um, Zach's already kind of shown that he can be whiny when he like isn't getting what he wants, right? I think it was in the last date he went on with Ariel. Um, actually, no, it wasn't Ariel. It was with Gabby. And she was like, I'm feeling so insecure. And he immediately was like, but I'm trying my best. So what do you want me to do? Like, why, Katie, again, why did you tell me about you and Gabby? Well, what did, what did you want me to do? He'll get whiny immediately. And ultimately, if The Bachelor walks out, the show is over. So there's always time for what The Bachelor wants. And he was screaming and crying, talking about how it was eating him alive inside, that he slept with Gabby, and that these women don't know. And he said, I want to be honest with everyone. So how does Ariel get left out of that? I feel like in this case, he has far too much agency. If it was, you know, one of the contestants, I think that would be way different. But if he says, I either talk to her or I'm out, that's what's going to happen. It doesn't have to be recorded, but it just didn't happen at all. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think we underestimate, like, bachelors and the con- or the leads being willing to break the format. Throwback to uh, Colton. Him jumping an entire fence. That was a, that was a highlight of the entire season. They kept showing it every single week. Like, why did Colton jump the fence or whatever? You know what I mean? So the format can't change. I'm just, what, in what world does Zach not have the agency to tell Ariel? You know what I mean? The actions and the words are not lining up. You know what I mean? But I, because, like you said, Ariel was never an option, a true option. He didn't feel the the need to, like, I guess, strain himself to, to make this right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think one of the things that feels a little bit different watching The Bachelor versus The Bachelorette is that on The Bachelor, there's far less... um Far less of a sentiment that the lead is having, like, this vacation. And they're, like, spring-breaking. Everyone is willing to just say, like, oh, no, like, he wants to find love just as much as any one of them. And almost act as though, like, oh, they're on equal footing. But on multiple seasons of The Bachelorette, you've had some of the men say, like, oh, it just kind of seems like she's just having the time of her life. and Or, like, they'll kind of intentionally do some of the cutaways of like i just love this dress and this date and it's all i could dream of whereas with the guys they're more just like this is a perfect date for her um they're not they don't really talk about enjoying things which you guys should do that more um to all the bachelor men out there 
they mean, should. I talk about yeah. all the things I enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that that's how you ended but up on the not- podcast. See, exactly. I'm talking about things that I enjoy. But this, man, this episode, when I say I, I love the show, I mean, okay, so this, this I hope this isn't a long episode because I'm going to take a long tangent. You know, I love this show because like we said at the beginning of this entire podcast, and every time we talk about the show, I think this show is reflection on America's stance on dating and love. And I'm not saying it's a good reflection. I'm not saying it's a bad reflection. I'm saying for a large part of America, this is where our current ideologies land. And so when it comes to like this situation of communication, you know, and like Ariel, the first contestant to really say this is an open relationship, you know, is this problem? And I'm going to like slightly fast forward to Gabby and the Scarlet Letter thing. Is this representative of our culture stepping back in terms of us being open about sex and communication? Or is this like where we were the whole time? And I know that's like a little deep for this podcast in this section, but like I'm worried. Deja, what did you think? I think that it's very, like, poignant, like, what you're saying, because in every sense, from media to world politics, you're seeing this thing where, like, there's these monumental leaps forward, but then also the people who don't want that aren't just digging their heels in, they're, like, actively pulling back. Um, And so I think that we're kind of seeing both, like, It's the fact that Ariel does have the vocabulary to, you know, kind of talk about that. Like, this is an open relationship that we in the, like, greater culture have that vocabulary and can discuss it and can see exactly what she's pointing to. But at the same time, the way that Gabby is treated, especially, and the underlying politics of this entire show... It just, it's like they kind of are trying to dig, dig deeper. Like, no, we have to stay with the hometown American love. And, and when a man is giving a woman affection, she should be grateful. And when a woman is getting affection from many men, she's a problem and she's spoiled. And, but this man though, he's allowed to do it and he's just like them. And in the process, it ignores the fact that in this situation and in kind of like the greater culture, the man does have more power in that entire dynamic. And especially in the early part of the season, we were even talking about the racial dynamics on there. And it's like another thing, it's a huge leap forward to have multiple black women there and being treated as beautiful women who deserve every chance to find love with any person. But at the same time, you see the way that they're treated and how quickly it happens, and how obvious it is. So I feel like it's just that it's like that tug of war, but everyone's on like the very end of the rope, leaning back, and media just shows us all of it. It's it's crazy because I'm just I'm not to say like if the roles were reversed, you know, but we've seen the roles reversed. We actually have in this show. Hannah Brown has done something similar specifically because um, 
there was a there was a contestant that she slept in the windmill four times over. Pilot Pete. She chose not to have sex with uh, Tyler Cameron. You know, so and like, and so I'm just one, but nowhere, nowhere did she say I'm not having sex with so and so. I'm not, you know. The men still had the agency to make that decision. You know what I mean? And when the roles are reversed, I'm I'm shook how quickly Zach took agency away from these women. So I don't want to dwell on this too much. So let's keep it moving. Let's meet Zach's um, family because they came all the way here. And Zach brings his mom, his dad, and his two sisters they barely got names. I didn't even catch their names. I'm so sorry, Shoutcross family, but we'll get to that later. Zach explains the drama of like the sex week and stuff to his family. And they are also confused because they're like, why would you do that? But, but that's beside the point. Gabby is the first one to have a one-on-one time with the family. And Gabby still feels like she is the scarlet letter. And if her conversation doesn't go well with Zach, she's not going to meet his family. So Gabby has a chat with Zach about this whole situation. And Gabby feels like she committed a crime and is visibly confused about Zach's reaction to that. Because he says it wasn't a crime of lust. It was a crime of love. But he never says I love you to Gabby. But we'll get to that. And then during this whole time, you can hear the audience laughing at Zach. But anyways, Gabby asks Zach if he regrets that night with her. And he says he doesn't. He does not deny it. He doesn't, like, regret it at all. He felt that's what the relationship needed. So Gabby feels reassured at this time. But I'm a little worried Deja, what do you think about Gabby's and Zach's chat right before the family date? It's This is kind of exactly what we were talking about because he put her in this position. It feels like sometimes in the same process of making the contestant out to be, you know, just just a sweet guy looking for love, as though he's not just like in this position of power over 20-something women for 10 weeks. Um, I think there's also an aspect of... Oh, well, how was he supposed to know, you know? How was he supposed to know that painting her out as this, like, one person who he just couldn't resist and had to have sex with and then telling all the others, like, sorry, I had to... How am I supposed to believe that he doesn't know how that would affect specifically a woman? How does he not know that he shouldn't tell his family that before she gets to meet them? How does he not know that this is going to... Social media exist. This is going to hit a million different homes all over the world, and they're going to have opinions on it, and it's all going to be put on her because you are the one with the rule, but you're also the one who broke it. And it just feels like it's another moment of carelessness where he doesn't really care about these women. I think you're right. I think you're right specifically in that when do, I'm, I do have another question for you. When do you think Gabby wasn't an option? Or when do you think he chose Katie? Because I think he says, oh, I'm torn and this like that when he throughout the episode. I think this is this is the specific moment that he chose Katie. Or I you know what? I take that back because in previous episodes with the whole sex week, 
he chose to tell Katie to reinforce that relationship. So I think it was then. But this specifically scared me because if Zach didn't regret it, I don't think he would have the need to tell Katie at all. If Zach didn't regret this night that he spent with um, Gabby, then he wouldn't have told all of America. He wouldn't feel guilty. He keeps saying, oh, I feel guilty. I feel like a Catholic school kid and all this stuff. He said he's felt guilty. And as we've seen time and time and time again, when Zach faces any amount of adversity, dissenting opinion, he completely checks out. Completely checks out. And so I think this is just a result of that. You know what I mean? Am I am I making sense, Deja? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Because he's doing the thing again where it's like, Zach, that's not how you respond to somebody sharing emotions with you. Like, I feel like I committed a crime. Okay, but it was a love crime. Zach, literally, like, get a job. Like, I don't even know what to say to a person at that point. Just please do something serious. He went right back to the same pattern. It was a little bit more of a serious situation, but it's the same thing we've seen him done in every conversation when a woman brings him any kind of adversity in this competition. So let's talk about Gabby's chat with the family. So Gabby meets, she brings these beautiful flowers for everyone. She meets up with everyone. She gives everyone a hug. Love the blue dress moment for Gabby. Shout out to that. But she then is pulled aside by Gabby. Zach's dad. And Mr. Shellcross talks about how hard Zach was as a baby. And then I realized that we already know this information as the audience, but I don't think Zach told this specifically to Gabby. So this is news to her, you know? Yeah. And he says that relationships are made when it's tough, that times will be tough. You know, it's like, I guess uh, when the going gets tough, the tough get going, you know, and that's when real relationships are formed. But his wife, Mrs. S, when she's talking about to Gabby and Zach, she just wants him to find someone to love. The sisters are very protective, or at least they say they are, and was against him coming on the show. And I'm starting to wonder, is Zach the baby of the family? I think he's the family baby because this... I guess, reiteration of Zach having a very tough, not adolescence, but baby time. <laughs> Infant you know, having a tough time. And his family all very protective of Zach. I'm wondering if he's the baby. And if he has any other siblings and he's the only uh, son, I guess it kind of reinforces that. What do you think about this family dynamic, Deja? What? I really caught on to was the fact that the writing was on the wall from this point. This entire segment felt like it was more about us understanding Zach's family than us seeing Gabby as like a potential part of it. You know, all all of the kind of space was given to the dynamics and what are they thinking about? What are they worried about more than Gabby speaking? But he's definitely giving baby of the family energy and that, again, I think he's whiny. Everything he says, I hear it as whining. So it's all making sense. Whiny, whiny, damn! It's when he starts to go. Well, what was I supposed to do? Like he's not a grown man. I can't (laughs) do it. 
Yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. So then we meet, um, I guess Katie meets the family. And this one, they don't have like a sit-down conversation. They don't have anything like that. Goes in. Katie seems very excited, but nervous. You know, she meets um, Zach's mom, starts to cry at the mention of Zach, you know, and the thought of her not being chosen. And when Katie meets the sister, she starts to cry because she never thought she could meet somebody so amazing like Zach. And Katie truly sees herself being a part of the family. But I think it's important to note that Gabby, at the end of the Her Family Day, sees herself marrying Zach. And that's a real big difference. But Mr. S then reiterates the same conversation that he had with Gabby, that relationships are made in the bad times. Defense wins championships kind of thing. And also, Katie and Mr. Shellcross bond over not having dads, which is another, I guess, this is weird to say, but a plus for Katie for not having a dad because she has something that she can relate to in the Shellcross family. So Katie got so many points in this interaction alone. Deja, what do you think of this family date when it comes to Katie's side? Katie killed it. Like, I'm not saying that as though she was intentionally planning any of this, but she killed it. The emotion, the passion, it just, oh, good for you. Good for you, girl. Get your man. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it was an Oscar-winning performance. <laughs> like, and maybe it was, for all I know. Um, and I felt like the whole thing with Mr. Shawcross, is, I think his name was like Chap. I, anyways. Um, I am, I was so confused. I thought they were calling him Champ, C-H-A-M-P. See, for a second, I thought it was Chuck. And I got a lot lot was going on there. So the mysterious Mr. Shellcross. I think it was Chap. Chap. Mm -hmm. All right. The mysterious Mr. Shellcross and Katie bonding over that. I feel like that's kind of, I feel like a lot of times once they're like adults, parent, kids have some idea of the um, kind of struggle their parents have and- I'm sure that Zach also kind of felt like, oh, like, you know, I don't get that, but my father gets that. Um, and it, it, to me, at least hinted to, okay, they've probably talked about this fact, you know, um, of like how it's affected her more so and the fact that he can really on that end. And so um, it felt like a hint to deeper conversations that they may have had that this didn't seem like a surprise overall. But again, Katie just won. Good for you, girl. Just go ahead and cry them tears. <laughs> Do you think the tears were essential to like make them like feel for her? You know? Listen, if you want people to believe you really care about something, crying. It's like um, you know, you're at like the airport and there's like issues with your ticket mm-hmm. and then the waterworks start and they're just like, Okay, 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 I'll check. Just like stop doing that. No matter what, people Will Wait, react time out. To Have crying. you used this technique, Deja? Well, here's the thing. I'm a loud and proud certified crybaby, so I don't have to use it on purpose. I'm just going to cry either way. <laughs> Deja! Hey, the tears are going to be there. It may as well get me something good, you know? And That is a crime! And a Katie, crime! Katie's representing for the crybaby community. She shed those tears. She got that man. <laughs> She's walking away with the ring on her finger. So she can wipe her tears with a little diamond. That's all I know. Community. We need representation. Anyway, anyway, continue. 
No, that's it. Like those tears had to work, you know, like they needed to see that there was passion. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So after Katie has an amazing date with the family, Katie has her last date with Zach. And in like when she's talking to the producers, she again says that Katie still to this day has a hard time trusting man, but she feels comfortable with Zach and his family. And Zach is overwhelmed and Katie can't imagine the position that he's in. And Katie is just crazy about him. Like she's ready to go. No problems in sight. Can Katie says that sex week was just a roadblock that she can get through. And Zach doesn't want any second guessing about his future with his future partner. And that put another nail in the coffin for Gabby with me because Gabby's last date is also, and they're going, uh, what was it? Horseback riding. And we're watching it and it seems beautiful. And then literally the sound cuts out. Deja, I don't know if you were watching live. But literally, all of America was about to beat up the person who sat on the remote. And I'm telling you, it was like, what's going on? Is this real? Is this, is this, is this my television? And I go to Twitter and it turns out nobody, nobody watching this show has sound. Deja, I'm curious. I'm very curious because you watch the show through streaming. What did did you catch this at all? No, I did not. They cut um, it out. I don't see what I'm curious about is did they cut it out or is it because I watched it on Hulu like the second it dropped? That I don't know. But now I want to find out first of all, and second of all, I knew this only through opening Twitter and seeing like where where's the sound? What happened to the sound? Where'd the sound go? <laughs> Lots of questions. Wish I had a single answer. Okay. I I need to read you my freak out tweets because it was so embarrassing. Uh, Twitter was popping off. Twitter. You know, actually follow us on Twitter. Deja, where can people follow you on Twitter? Deja Talks TV as always. As always. And you are available wherever toys are sold. After as your mate. Hey! You remember the catchphrase? Anyway, so I tweeted... What happened to the sound? And one minute and 44 people liked it in less than a minute, right? What in the world? People were freaking out. Like, what happened to the sound? What happened? All over Twitter. And then right in the middle of, like, Gabby saying something, they cut your commercial, this beer commercial. And we're like, okay, I hope they fix it. And it it got fixed somehow because it got back. And they trying to replay like a couple minutes before we got cut out, but I'm sure Gabby said something meaningful. Who knows? <laughs> but anyway, Gabby a great says that she. I mean, we don't know. I tweeted uh, this went like this. Uh, I tweeted this tweet about Chris Harrison. I was like, it's Chris Harrison finally enacting his revenge. <laughs> Got two thousand likes. <laughs> I think one of the questions that we have to make sure we ask, especially about Gabby, is was she silent or was she silenced? I saw that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
you know what? You she have to give like... me at least one corny ep- joke per episode. That's the law. Even even the producers didn't want to hear Gabby get her heart broken. But anyway, so Gabby excited for the future. Zach knows this isn't what Gabby wants to hear, but he is just so torn. You know, Gabby wasn't feeling great or was feeling great until he mentioned like the torn choice choice that he had. She was having a great day. And she says if Zach knew how he felt about her, he would just say it. And she knows it's not her. And she feels it in her gut at this moment. Like she knows that she is not the one he's going to pick. And this was so devastating because I mean, don't want to spoil a podcast about the finale and The Bachelor, but, like, she ended up being right. Like, dead on the money. Her gut was so entirely right. And I feel so bad. Did you feel bad for Gabby, Deja? I felt bad because there's just something so terrible about watching her being picked second. Oh, that was her one biggest fear. It almost would have been better if she went home last week. Oh, probably not right after sex. But the week before probably would have been better than being literally second. It just it's so painful because you know that it's hurting her the whole time you're watching this. It's just, oh, my God. It's, it's, I feel so bad because I think that she she's right in that trust her gut, number one. Number two, she's right in the format of the show. What is the difference between Gabby saying this and Jess saying this a couple episodes before? Like, she's gotten so so far, and Zach hasn't given Jess a one-on-one. He's gone so far, and Zach won't even say that she, he loves her or anything. You know what I mean? In fact, he can say all these things about, like, Katie and their future together, but every time we see him talking about Gabby, he's just so torn. He's so torn. And I don't think he's torn. I think he feels bad because he's about to break her heart. You know what I mean, Deja? Oh, man. It's kind of like Zach forgot that, I don't know, how many women start? 28 or something? You have to break 27 hearts then. It's like he kind of forgot and just hoped everything could just be a simple rose ceremony in the end. But the farther you go, the more intimate those connections are. And I think in the case of Zach, the bigger the promises you're making that you just can't keep, you know, talking about like, I really see this future with you. Everyone in America can tell that you don't anymore and you haven't for a couple of weeks. So why are you telling her that? It's just constant with him. I'm, I'm team anybody but Zach, honestly. Anybody but Zach? <laughs> I mean... I get it, I get it. But during the night portion, Gabby needs to have clarity. And this was another nail in the coffin, because we know what happens when you bring a problem to Zach. But anyway, during the night portion, Gabby says she's been 100% since day one. And wonders if Zach's heart is leading him in a direction that's not Gabby. Zach says he wouldn't be here right now if he didn't see a future with Gabby. And Gabby asks, what, is he, what does she need, or what does she need to do? For him to make that choice. And Zach wishes that he knew. He can't give her an answer. And he leaves. And he says in the interview with the producers later. That he is saving the L word 
for the right person, the one person that he gets down on one knee for. And and if it was Gabby, he would have said it then. (laughs) You know? Like, oh my gosh. Like, you ever see Les Mis? Gabby's um, Eponine. She is. She's Eponine. She's all the... She's Gwen Stacy. Like, oh my gosh. It... Man, it's rough. It's Deja. Go ahead. I'm about to cry. Just go. No, because Gabby was just turned into like a sudden martyr at the end of this whole show. Just a stand-in for all of the behaviors Zach shown the entire time, condensed into like three episodes. Right as she's falling the deepest form. Right as the stakes get the higher with my highest. Right as stakes get the highest with meeting the families and uh, hometowns and all this stuff, that's when she just got the most terrible treatment. And it's just, yeah, I think that's, it. when you say Gwen Stacy, I just feel like she's the martyr for all of the girls who Zach's kind of treated this way. I shouldn't say girls, women who Zach's treated this way um, throughout the season. I'm wondering why Zach didn't send her home then. Because this was the time. Because anything after this date was just plain cruel. And we'll get to it, but Gabby knew that. Anything after this, you know what I mean? It's just, it's cruel because later on in the episode, Jesse Palmer, in an interview with Gabby, talks about Gabby's state during this time. And how something happened. And I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth. But I fear that Gabby's mental health was not at 100 right now. Like, and when you're feeling that intensive emotion. And Zach prides himself on being this honest person. It's not healthy, it is not kind to put Gabby through the rest of this show. And it's downright, almost, I am tempted to say, dangerous to put Gabby through the rest of this show. Did you get this same vibe, Deja, or am I like going off? I mean, from last episode, the way uh, that she was acting and reacting when she like walked away at the beach and was just kind of having... Probably a panic attack, really. First of all, they immediately put a glass of champagne in her hand. Never known alcohol to fix a problem of sadness or insecurity. And she's just clearly so distraught. And he has absolutely no emotional skills to respond to that. And as we'll get to, I will at least appreciate that Gabby knew that past that point it was cruel. She clearly reacted and acted in a way that shows, you know what, I'm aware of this and I'm not going down quietly. Um, I'm happy she got to go out with some some dignity, some much-deserved dignity. Speaking of dignity, we cut to the live studio audience. And guess who's back? Sean Lowe. Sean Lowe, the Bachelor favorite. 
the one guy who stayed with his contestant. Yeah, yeah, we know. We know. We've been seeing John Lowe this whole season. He's been advising and mentoring Zach this whole time. Why are we wasting time with this? Like, I was, I'm sorry. I'm going to go off. I was angry because not only did we lose sound for Gabby's date, we wasted time on this pointless Sean Lowe interview. And then Gabby, when she has her interview later in the episode, she got cut off. If you're going to cut anything, cut the old ass bachelor who's not even supposed to be here, man. Whose philosophy got Zach in trouble in the first place. I'm done. I'm sorry. Sean says that Zach has done really well this season. Honesty important, but there's such thing as too much honesty. You told him to do it, Sean. You told him. Anyway, Catherine, his wife, reiterates that it's not the contestant's hand about what actually happens, and that you can usually tell right when they get out the car if the bachelor has chosen you or not. Sean gave his opinion, but, you know, Zach didn't have to follow his opinion, and... Throw, throw the whole scene away. Deja, did you think this was as a pointless or did you think this was as pointless as I did? Let me know. The, actually, I'll get to it. We'll we'll wrap back around. Gonna give it a wrap around. Oh. <laughs> okay. Next thing you know, it's the big day. It's it's huge. I want to note that Neil Lane didn't come out this time. He usually helps the bachelor pick out a ring. He did not come out. Gabby, it's time for the wraparound. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? It is that quickly time to wrap back around. Because honestly, what I think is happening, why I think Sean Lowe is there, why I think Neil Lane didn't come, why this whole show went to weird locations throughout that just didn't seem like hot spots for romance it's because they're running out of money. They don't have any more money to put into this damn show. They have a whole mansion. And I don't know what the rent is like on that or the heating, but it's got to be crazy. And so that's why they're going to these random countries and doing activities that aren't romantic. The wife carrying that I think Charity had to do. What was that? Then they went into the woods with a random witch for them to look through a candle they were just grasping at straws. And I think Sean Lowe is just a way of trying to get just kind of legacy fans to to sit in front of the TV and give them some more views and get them a couple dimes because his appearance fee can't be that much. Okay. I'm going to blow your mind because Deja and the audience, everyone take out those tin foil hats for the final time this season because we know that they, I think, we know for a fact that Sean Lowe had almost the exact same dates as Zach. Who had their dates in Thailand? Sean Lowe. Who had the no sex rule? Sean Lowe. I think that this was the franchise's attempt to soft reboot. Anybody who's watching the, you know, Grey's Anatomy right now, soft reboot there, new cast. You know, like, Meredith is out here somewhere. It's not, like, totally new. It's still a continuation. But this is a soft reboot. They, they wanted to, they wanted to, like, uh, do the whole thing where it's, uh, this is, the Bachelor just wants to reboot. 
And you don't have the balls to really give this show the edge that it needs to compete with Love is Blind and all the other Netflix love shows. Deja, what do you think? The edge it needs is lesbians. If this show (laughs) was gay, everyone would be tuned in. There is nothing more dramatic than knowing that the contestants are probably kissing. And I'll just say, I've heard from more than one person who's in some way connected to production that they're kissing anyways. But (laughs) I think we need to let America know about this. I think we need to give us all the chance to just sit and see some queer joy. And in all likelihood, it'll turn into eight friendships and six marriages every season. Everyone wins. Except the state of Texas. (laughs) Shout out to the state of Texas for the restrictive laws. But anyway, I think think you're right. Having a lesbian bachelorette or a gay bachelor would really juice this franchise to like unbelievable heights just being the first of anything you know but also i think one of the things that really bugs me about the format of this show is i guess the unwillingness to acknowledge real world um feelings especially in this context you know because like like i said before in previous episodes about jess she knows the format of the show. And if you're not getting a one-on-one by that time, Jess was right. You're going to go home. <laughs> so it's always been weird to me the when the lead has a huge fidelity to the format or the rules, especially this season when like someone mentions the word followers and Instagram and they got to go. They're the worst person in the world. And part and part of the reason why the Netflix shows are popping off right now is the social media elements tied to it, you know? That people are watching the show at home and you can go to the contestants Instagram and see what like no, that's not how it happened. No, I really felt this. You know what I mean? Like the Bachelor franchise needs to talk back. It needs to be in conversation with the world around it. And that's what's really really holding the franchise back you know what i mean like you can cast anybody you want to at this point because it's like an echo i think they're in like an echo chamber you know what i mean deja what do you think it's kind of to me it's kind of like the game of thrones phenomenon every single sunday right you go on twitter i didn't even watch it and they're talking about game of thrones i was muting the hashtags i was tired of it it was constant last season comes around no one is happy and the second that happens, it's almost as though Game of Thrones was just like blipped out of conversation. You know, people are still putting the office in their dating app profiles. But when the Game of when Game of Thrones had a whole season for people to ruminate on how bad it is and, and then go back and think about the issues of previous times altogether, second that was done, they did not have a place in the zeitgeist like they once did. And I think for The Bachelor... The entire franchise, not just The Bachelor, but The Bachelorette as well, and Impaired, all of it. They have consistently delivered moments where everyone's going, oh my god, no, this is terrible. They've done that over and over and over again. Um, And it's just hard to keep any sort of cultural footing from that point. But also, I think it's kind of an inevitable legacy, I think, for reality TV that goes on too long. Because reality TV and ethics have a tough time. 
we've seen how revisiting America's Next Top Model is, like, egregious. Um, it's just, it's always going to be behind even the polite way of treating people of its time, let alone when you look back at it. And now you have just all these years to look back at of ridiculousness. It has lore. That's the problem. <laughs> so uh, soft pitch to David Chen for us to do House of the Dragon with him in a year. Just just so you know, in case you're editing, you know, we watch Game of Thrones too. We watch all your shows. Just, just throwing it out there too. But I think you're right. <laughs> it needs the, it needs the, what's the word I'm looking for? It needs to adapt or die. Anyway, speaking of death, um, we all know that on the last episode of the season, whoever arrives first is not the person the Bachelor or Bachelorette is going to pick. Because they have to break up with you first so they can propose to someone else. So, the car pulls up and out steps the yellow dress of Gabby. And she gets out and she steps in a mud pile and she says, make sure you park somewhere else or at least fix that spot for when Katie comes and accepts her proposal. And so brutal because number one, she's right. Number two, it's I like Gabby was hoping for like a better ending. And not that Gabby or Katie is a terrible ending, but like, man, it it was it it was like watching like a gazelle get eaten by lions. <laughs> like, like I was like, I guess that's the circle of life. But still, man, something was lost. You know, she gets up to the podium. Something was. Zach is saying all these beautiful things. Oh, go ahead. Were you gonna say something? Go ahead. Something was definitely lost, and I feel like one thing I can respect about this season is how much the women were, they were going to talk their shit. Over and over again in this season, we've seen somebody call Zach on his shit and say, okay, well, you clearly don't want me here. Okay, this isn't going anywhere. I need to leave. I need you to be honest with me right now. Over and over again, they've been willing to call him on his bullshit. Um, even when there was issues with some of the white women and how they treated some of the black women, even then we heard, would you have done the same thing if this was someone else? We heard over and over again that they were going to say something. I think that's another aspect of the like tug of war. But think Gabby saying that felt also like a moment where she could have just said something snarky about Katie, but it felt like a slight nod to the fact that she's mad at Zach. She's putting her anger where it properly belongs. And so much of reality TV, especially when it has to do with dating, becomes about the caddy fight amongst the contestants, amongst the women. And that sells. But in that small moment, I felt like it was also a choice to be like, yeah, sure. Have the proposal you want, Katie. But damn, this is this is manure. This is shit. This is mud. (laughs) And uh, at least maybe Katie doesn't have to go through that. It's, it's, it's sad because Zach put Gabby in this position for her to be good enough to sleep with, but not good enough to be his wife. Nobody else put 
Gabby in that situation except Zach, and he didn't have to. And he's saying all of these like complimentary things and stuff like that, and Gabby just cuts him off. And his last line was, you deserve a man that... And Gabby just cuts him off. And I think that's indicative of the way a lot of men think when it comes to dating. There's a... This is a slight tangent. There's a thing that guys do sometimes where they're dating someone and they don't, they're not really into them. So what they do is they make themselves unavailable, emotionally unavailable, or worsen the things that they really liked about the relationship so that the girl has to break up with them, you know? And I can see Zach doing that there too of like being like you deserve someone better than me oh i'm just zach you know what i mean like but be a man and tell her the truth be a man and send her home so she doesn't have to go through all the and you know what's weird though previous seasons multiple seasons the bachelor has broken up with the person before the ceremony so it's extremely possible extremely possible for zach just to say you know what? And that last date with Gabby, it's not going to be you. I'm so sorry. I appreciate your time. I don't want to put you through that, you know? But <sighs> Gabby just had to go just out like this. She gets into the car. She says, why am I not good enough? She's like bawling. She's like, my biggest insecurity is that I'm the second choice. And here I am, the second choice. She doesn't know what she did wrong or anything. And Gabby, if you're listening, you did nothing wrong. I promise you, it's not you, it's him. <laughs> it's not you. And then we get to Gabby's interview with Jesse Palmer on the couch. And this was probably my favorite part of the entire fan finale. This is like in the second part of like the second episode, because the episodes were back to back. But Gabby says, it was worse to watch back, number one, but Gabby says that Zach never told her that he was going to tell all of America and Katie. And I think she was under the impression that maybe he would just allude to the fact that he broke the rule. She had no idea that Zach would name her by name and specifically point her out in the interviews. You know, like that's messed up. And Zach never considered Gabby's feelings in any of this. Never, ever, ever. And another important point that Gabby brought up in this interview that in when they were, oh my gosh, it's so bad. After they did the deed, Zach comes up behind Gabby while she's brushing her teeth. And he says, this can be our little secret. And that honestly broke my heart, man. It really did. Because she did something in confidence, you know, and no matter what Zach says about it was both of us and all this stuff. You know what I mean? No matter like what happened, what actually happened, the world is going to shit on Gabby for the rest of her life. You know what I mean? There is not every time she, for the next like two to three years, when she opens up Instagram and there will be a comment calling her the worst names on in the book. You know what I mean? And 
he, he broke the sex rule. He broke that little secret thing. And Gabby's just thrown under the butt. You know what? I'm going to stop. Deja, what'd you think? I feel like one of the kind of questions floating around after the last episode was, okay, did Gabby think it was going to be a secret? Why was she so shocked that he was going to tell? And the question of that almost like padded Zach and kept him from, you know, getting as much flack as he deserves. But the second you find out that he explicitly said, this is our little secret, and you still decided to reveal it again, not just Kate, to Katie, but to America. Zach, you are indefensible. Again, just leading the anti-Zach charge. It's, it's, there's no like, oh, the producers told me to do this. There's none of that. Because the producer didn't tell him to do that to Gabby. That is one of the most brutal things I've seen in a long time in this show. Gabby had a gut feeling the whole time, so she kind of, like, prepared herself. She says that she, like, prepared herself for this moment, but it doesn't make it any easier, you know? Because Gabby says that she shared a part with a part. Uh, she shared with him a part of her that she will never get back. And it's terrifying that America knows everything. I, and we'll fast forward to, like, Katie's Katie and Zach getting announced, but it's like, damn, at what cost? What what is the cost of this show at this point? You know, was it was it even worth the good television? Was it worth possibly messing up Gabby's future? For what? For this? A, a relationship that might last six months after the show? I don't know, Deja. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? It felt like most of the women lost, not just in the sense of not getting Zach, because not being with him is a win, but in the sense that, you know, the farther we went along, the more that they were just kind of picked off in ridiculous ways. I feel like each of the black women, he was like, ooh, interesting. And then, mm, well, I went on a date with her and there's no connection. And, you know, over and over again, you would see, oh, uh, I presented an issue to Zach and he kicked me off without hearing me out or having a conversation with me. Done. Uh, and then as you get to the end, it's, Ariel, whole way she was treated was wrong. Gabby, it's just all these people towards the end where it just gets worse and worse. But most of the women left here in a way where, like, Zach kind of wronged them. And that's so ridiculous to me. Especially because he didn't have to. He 100% had many other options, you know? But as he tries to apologize to Gabby, he doesn't really have time. He just says, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, he never intended for any of this and he regrets it deeply. And that's about it. And that's, that's the whole conversation. And then it, the show goes on. Katie gets out of the limo. She walks up in a beautiful white dress. You know, Zach says he can't say that he's falling for Katie anymore because he's in love with Katie. She gets the final rose and he says that he wants to spend the rest of his life with her. Katie and Zach have been counting down the days until they can tell the world in Katie's dress, beautiful sparkly dress, shout out to Katie. But Katie says that she loves Zach's great communication, and I'm very confused by this statement. The ring is fine, Zach and Katie are happy, and they will be moving in together from New York to Austin, Texas. Also, they had a shout out to Nate, who was a contestant a minute ago, but whatever. 
and they are going to get married in 2025. And that's important because once you get the ring from the show, you have to wait two years and then you get to keep it. If you break up before the two years, you don't get to, you have to return it to the show. Meanwhile, Katie says she values the friendships that she made with Ariel and Gabby, and they're going to live happily ever after. And that's the end of that part, because now we're off to charity. <laughs> A sneak peek of charity. Actually, Deja, what did you think of Katie's uh, sit down with Zach and this whole like last bit of their season? I only have uh, three things to say. One, Katie, um, run. Two, Katie, communicating many things is not the same thing as communicating well. He says a lot of nonsense and a lot of, oh, wow, I get that. Because when I was a baby, I, you know, before I could remember, felt a little sick once. Um, But he's not actually putting substance in these conversations. And three... You know, I really do believe maybe Katie and Ariel and Gabby did cultivate friendships. Um, I would like to hope so. I'd like to hope that they got something out of this. And I did feel like throughout the season, there were a lot of moments where there were kind of hints at the friendships and the bonds between these women. I would have liked more, to be perfectly honest. But at least there's little evidence they might have something good to take from this. Like, I mean, just looking back at Zach's time as a bachelor... You know, I think in the end, he got what he wanted. He wanted someone that will make his life easier. And Katie, with the whole moving to the same town, and someone who's semi-okay with you sleeping with other people or messing up or at least telling you about it, Katie will 100% make his life easier. People like Ariel, Gabby, Charity are going to challenge him. And I think that's kind of like, I guess the message of the season, just looking back, Zach wanted someone who wouldn't challenge him and he got what he wanted. Whether or not you, (laughs) you look at the broken things it took to get there. That's up to you. So Deja, what is your, I guess, retrospective on Zach's time as the bachelor? Was it good? Did you love it? Did you hate it? What are your final thoughts? So this is my first time watching The Bachelor. And I feel like y'all can expect that I'll be watching it again. All right. I will no longer be a bachelorette only girly. But also the message of the story is just because someone responds okay to your insecurities doesn't mean that they're the solution for them. Do better, ladies. Stand up. It's okay. That's it. That's the message. How are you feeling? Do this? better. That's my thing. That's my kid steal my line. <laughs> anyway, let's now get into the future of this franchise with a sneak peek at Charity's season. And I'm surprised that it already started. I'm surprised they got this little bit snippet. And what we see is Jesse Palmer walking up to Charity and being like, the next person that walks out of that limo is something you have is somebody you have a history with you already know the contestant and guess who walks out of the limo her brother i was like oh no (laughs) anyway but her brother is going to put on a disguise 
and infiltrate the group of men so he can figure out who's really there for the right reasons. In fact, he's going undercover. You could call it undercover brother. And I I don't think the, the Bachelor can make that reference. They're not cool enough to make that undercover brother reference, but all right, you know what? We're rocking with it. We're rocking with it, I guess. Um, so, small predictions for Charity's season of The Bachelorette. Deja, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? I think that, honestly, I think the undercover brother thing is going to be absolutely ridiculous, but great to watch. And if they can keep up with that, they'll make really good TV. I don't have many predictions, but I have one hope. Um, pick a brother, just not your brother. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? It. Actually, I do. I do have about a question. You? I do have a question. You ever watch a television show and you watch a movie and you know that not a lot of black people worked on it? Yeah. Always tell. Absolutely. Always for a fact. Tell by the way the hair looks. One thousand percent. And so they have Charity's brother in this whack ass Jerry Curl wig. In what? Oh my gosh. Like, I was like, that's how you know. That's how you know not a lot of black people work on this show. Cause I was like, gosh, man, it looks so bad. It looks so bad. And it doesn't make sense because if we are reason to believe that when they told Charity that she was the bachelorette, maybe they filmed it like a week before. So. They started filming a month ago, which means the men wouldn't have time to know about Charity's hometown date, right? And if they didn't know about Charity's hometown date, how would they know what Charity's brothers look like? Hmm? <laughs> Answer that, producers. Hmm? But you know what? tinfoil hat part two two. also tinfoil hat just one for the road yeah also i messaged deja this mike fleiss is leaving the show he's the like he's the boss the buck stops there when it comes to the bachelor franchise and i think maybe since Mike Fleiss is leaving, we have an opportunity to do something a little dangerous i don't know what do you think about that i know that's really fingers crossed yeah Fingers crossed? Okay. No, but I, I, I saw that. I was hoping we were going to get a chance to talk about that because a little a little regime change, you know, might shake things up a little bit. And I think that's a part of my hope for charity is that, you know, this thing's silly. It's theatrical. But hopefully it's them doing one of many things that just kind of shake things up, give us a new perspective, and make the Bachelor franchise feel new, as old as it is. It's a tale as old as time. <laughs> you know boy meets girl meets girl meets girl meets girl hey and that is going to be the end of bachelor 27 on decoding reality tv deja thank you so much for doing this podcast with me i think we did pretty good work what do thank you think? you i'm really proud of what we did sometimes i would come in and i'd have some thoughts and i was surprised by the like cultural analysis we pulled off so i'm really happy with what we did how about you Justin? you know what i don't know why i'm surprised because i think we had a really good time i think this is a good podcast 
If you like this podcast, me and Deja did another podcast. It's called Screen Studies. We did a whole cultural analysis of eight things that we love to talk about. It is a complete season. Maybe there'll be a season two. I know this was kind of like a season two and a half. We'll see. But if you loved us and you love this podcast, please go find us on the internet somewhere else. Deja, where can the people find you on the internet? People can find me at Deja Talks TV on all platforms. So that's TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And Justin, where can the people find you? So, just in case TikTok gets banned, <laughs> you can find me wherever toys are sold on Twitter, Instagram, and hopefully still on TikTok by the time this releases at Freddy's Roommate. That's F R E D D I E S R O O O. M-M-A-T. <laughs> so, have a great time. We'll, maybe we'll see you if Charity comes out, if David likes us or not. We'll see. But thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Good night. Thank you so much. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.